It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Yeah, well, folks, here's the father, <laughs> and uh, Rich has had a little hip surgery. I don't think there is such a thing as little, because hip surgery, you know, that's that's not... But everything is working out fine, and and prayer really has been going up in his behalf. So he'll be back. He'll be back on the complete story uh, before you know it. Um, but today, there is a friend that we have in Memphis and in Tennessee, uh, John DeBerry. John DeBerry, his daddy was a preacher. He's a, he's a black fellow. There in uh, in Tennessee, his daddy was a preacher. He was raised in a Christian home, and I'll tell you uh, his message. He was asked to speak as a guest speaker at Alan Jackson's World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, because John DeBerry now is the senior advisor to the governor of Tennessee, Governor Bill Lee. And I'll tell you, when you hear what John DeBerry has to say, you will also want to rise up out of your seat like the people in Ellen Jackson's church did during the course of, of what he said. And I wanted to bring this to you. And God bless you. Turn your radio up. You're going to really enjoy it because what he says is what America needs right now. Here it is. Well, I have the privilege from time to time of introducing guests to you, um, but I'm particularly excited this evening. I met John DeBerry some time ago. If you're not familiar with him, he served um, in the Tennessee State Legislature for 26 years as a representative from Memphis. He is currently serving as the senior advisor to Governor Bill Lee in the state of Tennessee. But the most important criteria is he's a man of God. Help me welcome, if you will, John DeBerry. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. We have become a society that is losing focus as to who we are, whose we are, and where we're going. America is becoming a nation with an identity crisis. We're becoming a nation, we don't respect our history, we don't respect one another, and most certainly don't respect the tremendous potential that we have as a nation that God has given us. When we think about our God and our Father in heaven, and we think about who we are and what we are, design demands a designer. Life demands a life giver. If there is order, there must be authority behind that order. But there are those today who are telling you that things just happen on their own, that everything is accidental, that we are the result of some type of evolutionary process, that we crawled from the primordial ooze and began to change over a period of time to where we evolved from lower animals and apes and lizards and whatever. Personally, I don't go to the zoo to visit relatives. I understand that God made me. 
I understand that it was God who created the family. Adam said, therefore, shall a man leave father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. There, Adam, who didn't have a mother or a father, but was made full grown, and so was Eve. God spoke to all of us. This is the foundation of society. The family is the foundation of society. That's the reason why those who want to destroy us, distract us, demoralize us, disillusion us, divide us, will always attack the family. The family is what holds us together. It's what gives us our faith, gives us our training, gives us our understanding of who we are. We have the most spiritually illiterate generation in the history of this nation. We have a generation that don't know who Jesus is. They don't know who George Washington is either. And this is something that we should not embrace as a continual fact. But those of us who understand God's blessing to this nation should do everything we can to change that by educating our children. We have lost our way and we've got to find our way again. There was a time when regardless of who we were, our ethnicity, whether you were black, white, red, yellow, polka dot, or pinstripe, everybody understood that all of us have got to work together if we're going to build, strengthen, change, and save this nation. Martin Luther King said, we may have come on different ships, but we're all in the same boat now. And as he looked at this nation and the time when there was upheaval and there was time when we embarrassed ourselves as a nation, as we failed to look at what brings us together, but we lifted up those things that divide us, we have come back to that time again in the history of our nation where we accentuate and maximize the things that divide us, the things that destroy us, and the things that keep us apart. When we divide ourselves from within, when we corrupt our esteem for one another, when we destroy love between brothers and races and ethnicities and cultures to the point that we build up hate. Right now, little children in early grades are being taught to hate one another. Right now, we are telling them those things in history that only destroy and divide. Let me tell you something. This nation was saved by a generation in World War II. A generation of men and women, many of whom went to Asia and went to Europe and fought and spilled their blood all over the world to save this nation. Understanding that America most certainly was worth saving. And when we think about this, we have come to a point to where maybe five years, 10 years, 20 years, if we're fortunate, 
Perhaps the day will come when we'll have to look at those same young people who are sitting in classrooms right now being taught to hate each other that we're going to have to ask them to defend this country. Let me tell you something. A man will not die for that which he does not believe. We're going to teach them to hate the country, hate the Constitution, hate one another, hate the flag, hate everything about America. And then when we're in a crisis, say, look, take this gun, put on this uniform, and go and die for this country. No, it's not going to happen because we have sabotaged our own future by what we're teaching our children. If we're gonna save our nation, then we've got to get back to the time when we stop being divided. Our enemy, our enemy, Google it if you don't believe me, in 1963 said, we're gonna take your country I said, we're going to take it, and we're going to take your country without firing a shot. He said, we're going to do it. We're going to make black folks hate white folks. White folks hate black folks. Rich folks hate poor folks. Southern folks hate northern folks. The illiterate hate the educated, and so on and so forth. They gave this great plan for taking our country away from us and telling us we're going to hand it over on a silver platter. Since 1963, they've been working that plan. They have been dividing us from within. They have planted the seed of malice and wrath and hatred and prejudice and distrust. It's been planted and it's growing and producing the fruit of division and disillusionment all over this nation. It's time for us to take an introspective examination of ourselves and realize something where we're going that we're lost and we're going in the wrong direction. In the book of Proverbs chapter 14 and verses 34, Solomon in his wiser days, Solomon, he said righteousness, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach or a shame to any people. And when we become a nation, that as Jeremiah said one time, were they ashamed when they committed abomination? He said, no, they were not ashamed, neither could they blush. We're becoming a society that has lost its ability to blush. We see nudity, we hear profanity, we see all types of things paraded before us in the media and we have become so used to it, so desensitized that we don't realize that the devil is gradually desensitizing us so that we can die. We've got to be salt, we've got to be light, We've got to show the difference between the holy and the corrupt and the profane. Paul said something in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verses 2. Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. The apostle Paul wants us all to remember, we want things to change on the outside, 
before we change things on the inside. It is only when we change our minds that things are going to change in this nation. In the book of Proverbs 28 and verses 12, Solomon said, When righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, a man is sought or a man is hidden. He's saying, who's going to stand in the gap? Who's going to be the person who refuses to compromise and capitulate? When Joshua was about to die, that good man looked at God's people and he saw a weakness in them. And he said, if it seem evil for you to serve the Lord, choose, 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 he said, this day who you will serve. What are you going to serve the gods of Egypt who made you slaves for 400 years or the perverted gods in the land that God sent you to take over and clean up? He said, choose. But then he said, what every man, every man in this room, every strong woman in this room ought to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My daddy used to say in a sermon, he would draw an imaginary line in the sand in the pulpit. And he would say to the men, you tell the devil, he don't go another further. It stops right here. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to become the people who stop it and don't allow it to continue to destroy our country. Right now, right now, because we have lost our way, we have the sin sick, the spiritually starved, the morally depraved, the mentally abused, the scripturally illiterate, the emotionally wounded, the politically perverted, the physically neglected and obsessed. We're untaught, unraised, unkept, unchurched, and often uncooperative. Why? because we have violated a basic command of our Lord who said, if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I, I, America, I will draw all men unto me. When we go back to righteousness, when we find our way, when we start lifting up Jesus the way he wants to be, we will refuse to allow evil, corruption, and perversion to dominate our lives, our families, our schools, our children, and our country. But we've got to refuse. You've got to speak. You have to stand. And you and you alone can change it. Paul said that we should not let sin reign in our mortal bodies. When he was speaking to the folks at Ephesus, he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know what he told us to do? Put on the whole arm of God. 
Put on the helmet of salvation. Protect your mind. Protect your spiritual and scriptural heart. Don't let anybody and everybody have access to your spiritual heart. Paul said evil communication corrupts good manners. You know what that word communication means from the Greek? It means when you're pressed in with something, like two rotten apples. One rotten apple will rotten the next one. That one will rotten the next one. That one will rotten the next one till eventually you've got a barrel of rotten apples that started from one. It's time for us to have the guts to get rid of some rotten apples in this nation. All of us are two people. You're two people. You're the spiritual man. You're the physical man. You're the spiritual man that's fed by the word of God, the love of God, the care of God. You're the physical man that's fed by what John said when he said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh the lust and desires of the eye and the pride of life. In essence, what John is saying is the world has nothing to offer you but that. Jesus asked all of us a question. What's the price of your sellout? What's the price of your sellout? Is it your job? Is it your home? Is it prestige, power, position? What's the price of your sellout? Jesus said, what doth it profit a man? If he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The Lord said, what's the price of your sellout? Because when he says, lose your own soul, he's saying you lost yourself. You lost the personality that made you godly and spiritual and obedient and humble and loyal and patriotic and hospitable. He said, all of that's gone because you bowed to the American idols that changed you. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And Jesus says, when you got all of that, he says, and you lost yourself in the process, what have you gained? All of us must keep in mind at all times that God is watching us. Jesus said, I am the way. You're looking for the way you're lost, I am the way. Israel wandered 40 years, they weren't lost, they were disobedient. And they wandered for 40 years because of disobedience. And we're wandering right now as a nation, wandering around in the wilderness of ignorance and shame and sin and perversion and corruption. And if we're going to find our way, Jesus says, I'm the way. I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No man come to the Father unless you come by the way that I have laid out. And Peter said he knew no sin and he overcame the world. And so therefore, understand this, that the first casualty of war, and you're at war, that the first casualty of war is the truth, the truth. Those who fight us will always lie, always spread propaganda, 
always disillusioned, distract, doing everything possible to destroy. You're at war. Didn't you know it? Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 8, be sober, be sober, be vigilant, keep your eyes open, stop getting blindsided. He said, for your adversary, that word adversary means opponent, as a roaring lion walking about seeking, stalking, whom he may devour. But God didn't tell our country to run from the devil. He told us to put the devil on the run. He said, if you resist him, he will flee from you. So I want you to know this. Just as Moses stood before Israel and asked the question, who's on the Lord's side? The Lord is asking our nation that question now. He's saying, come to me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will and shall find rest to your soul. The lies are there. They're trying to make merchandise of you. They want you to capitulate, compromise, leave it alone. Don't rock the boat. Don't shake the tree. Why don't you just be quiet and go away like good little Christians and shut up and let the real folks run the world? That's what the world wants from you. You've got to decide who you're going to be, whose you're going to be, and whether or not you're going to stand where God wants you to stand. Ronald Reagan said, freedom is never more than one generation from extinction. He said, we don't pass it down to our children in the bloodstream. He said, it must be fought for, it must be protected, and it must be handed down to our children so that they can do the same as we have done. We've got to stop living all of the past and prepare ourselves for the future. When any group or tribunal has the power to censor our speech, regulate our thinking, demand our compliance, punish our defiance, prohibit our self-defense, suppress our vote and opinion, silence our voices, restrain or restrict our free will, we have already lost our liberty and forfeited our freedom and accepted tyranny. It has been said that as Americans, our greatest treasure is our freedom and our will to defend it. Our children are just 25% of the population, but they're 100% of the future. And they need an example from us right now as to who they ought to be and what they ought to be so that they can enjoy the same things that we enjoy. Let me tell you something, parents. Don't spend all your time and effort trying to give your children what you didn't have, that you forget to give them what you did have. 
we did have discipline. We had faith. I don't ever remember being asked if I felt like going to school or I felt like going to church. It just wasn't asked in my mama and daddy's house. They are our ambassadors that we will send to a time that we will not see. So understand something. You cannot unwrite history. You cannot rewrite history. All you can do is learn from history and write a better future. And it's time for us to do that and move on. It's been said before, and I'm going to say it again. There is nobody. We're Americans. We're God's people. God has been good to this country. And nobody can save us, from us, for us, but us. Thank you. Oh, boy. Oh. Dear Bot Radio Network family, uh, listening right now, that was John DeBerry. What a testimony he has uh, from Memphis. And, and now he is a senior advisor to Governor Bill Lee in Tennessee. Um, what a wise man that governor is to have a man like John DeBerry as your senior advisor. So anyway, we're going to use this again, again, probably, and again and again on the complete story. Tell your friends to be sure to watch for it during the other days that will be broadcast. And uh, let's see now. Let's, uh, we have just a little time here for a couple of listener comments. Oh, by the way, the telephone number is 1-800-345-2621. one 345 Two six two one. Let's listen to this one. This is Randy from Omaha, Nebraska. I love listening to Dr. Adrian Rogers, Love Worth Finding, Dr. Tony Evans, Charles Stanley, and Hope in the Night. And there's so many more ministries that I'm just uh, I've been blessed with. So thank you so much. God bless you all. Keep doing great work, and I will continue to support the ministry that you all are doing. Blessings to you. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you for calling, sir. Uh, here's a lady. Hi, I'm calling from Kansas City. I want to thank you so much for your faithfulness over all of these years. Also, just appreciate seeing uh, you and your family out and about at different events around the metro area. Um, it's just a joy to see members of my family, and that's what I consider you. <laughs> Many more continued blessings over the years. God bless. Goodbye. Oh, dear lady. All right, now here's a gentleman. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for about radio. I like Robert Morris. I like Adrian Rogers. I like David Jeremiah, John MacArthur, Jack Graham. They're just all on fire for the Lord, and I thank you, Jesus, for them. John Carl, have a good day. Bye. All right, I tell you what, here's a lady. Dear Mistress Dick and Richard Bott, from my days in 2009 in Springfield, Missouri, having escaped domestic violence, and living in my car to now being moved back home here in North Idaho. I was and am blessed listening to bot radio on my cell phone. God be praised for your wonderful broadcasting of pastor's teachings. 
Thank you, and God bless you. All right, folks. Remember, the phone number is 1-800-345-2621. And uh, Rich uh, will give a good report on Rich now uh, next week. And this is Dick Bott with his chapter, The Complete Story, as a public service. And I'll see you later. 